Hi, this is Stephanie. Nope. Start over. How do you do it? How do we do it? <laughs> this is Stephanie. Hi, this is Stephanie James. You said I forget last how name. we did it. <laughs> Love it. Over. Do you like how I like shot up? I was like, I was nope. Like, no. <laughs> Not correct. Okay, let's go again. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you know I have the giggles. <sighs> you guys, I'm hungover. Okay. <laughs> I can do this. I'm a professional. Annabelle. Hi, this is Stephanie James. This is Melissa Lamb, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Topa Talk. Hello, listeners. Welcome. Today, we have the lovely Annabelle Warren. Uh, she is a mental health professional and counselor. Uh, she works at a mental health crisis clinic here in Ventura County. Um, she's also a ridiculously talented <laughs> artist. Stop. Um, yeah, Melissa and I were getting pretty pissed off before you got here, <laughs> looking through <laughs> no. your We were photos. furious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just not right that... <laughs> I don't. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> well, I'll, can I say one thing right now? Like mm-hmm. the thing that like re- that I really loved is I really like, and I'm probably not using the right, right words, but I love like hyper realistic. Really? Things. Yeah. 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 And so when I look at like the female bodies that uh-huh. you've done, oh, yeah. I'm like, that's what I a vagina know. looks like. I was like, look at. Thank you. That, I worked yes. really hard on that one, actually. That yes. vagina took me probably <laughs> like two hours. <laughs> and then alone. she's Melissa's like, look at the vagina. I'm like, but look at the ankle rolls. Like, look oh at the God, wrinkles in the so ankles. Much, yeah. I'm like, what are you looking at the vagina for? Look at those ankles real quick. And like the way the leg lays. I'm like, that's how legs look well, when they lay. In a, it's in a position that would be like very like. I mean, it's pretty hard to open. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you draw? I don't yeah. know. It's I, also yeah, like yeah. we're not used to seeing female forms being comfortable like she's yeah, not necessarily totally. like she's not she is posed but like uh-huh. I don't know she's just like open and she's just like kind of sitting like with her stomach folded a little bit and like I'm also yeah. not used to seeing this the human but like especially females like comfortable yeah no in a form that's like open too totally you know? and totally. so that's nice to see yeah yeah I took that I actually took that uh that was a combination of two it was um like a stripper Uh, and she's like holding a stripper pole and there was like different shots and then i just added uh athena's head onto it the like amazing yeah because i don't know i was feeling some type of way about sex work so oh sorry no you're okay um so i kind of want to dive into um the mental health first yeah so where did you go to school did you study this in college um (laughs) what is your degree in so, <laughs> or do you have to do like certifications after college? How did how does you how did you get here? It's kind of like a, a weird path that I took. Um, so in college, I actually I double majored in environmental science and English. I think one of you guys said you studied yeah environmental, environmental science. science. Yeah, okay, yeah. nice, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I studied environmental science and English. Where um, at UCSB? Oh, cool. Yeah, and. Um, I've worked with kids my whole life. Um, I actually had also a foster sister growing up um, and I've kind of like worked in like education, like throughout college I did uh, like um, nature guiding and I would like, Mm. you know, volunteer, whatever, take internships, Mm. going to the classrooms um, and teaching about the environment. Um, And I heard about this job. uh, It would have been my senior year. I graduated in three years. So 
like my junior senior year and um there was a college fair and the company that I work for um, was there and they were talking about, yeah, we're actually establishing this facility in Ventura County based out of need in the county. Um, and the way he kind of pitched it to me was like, yeah, you pretty much be working in the mental health field, of course, but with like a lot of like foster youth, group home youth, kids uh, with disabilities and that type of thing. And I was like, bam, I can do that. Like, I know about that. I can do that. So um, I applied. Um, I ended up getting the job, which is like in the psychology field. So I kind of have my hand in a lot of. So you well, say, I'm right. just I'm I'm a little confused here. Are you a wizard? You finished a double major degree in three years at UC Santa Barbara. So uh, my confused uh, on how you do that. It took me six years to get a good old fashioned bachelor's. Uh, yeah, I my mom is like really into like school and education so all throughout high school like over the summer she was like no 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 you don't get you don't you're get a free fun. summer no you're taking classes at ventura college and you are like preparing and you're gonna shave off a year of college which i did so it, it all worked out yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so you say they opened the facility out of need was there was yes. there not one prior or are we seeing like higher rates of yeah, uh, so actually both. Um, but yeah, the way that uh, that kind of happened was, um, so I guess I should kind of explain like the way the system works. So basically, um, if uh, you might have heard the code 5150, which yes. is for adults. Mm -hmm. No, I have no idea what you're showing. Okay, oh, it's, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like a code um, that is used for um, when uh, an adult uh, experience a mental health crisis and um, either police or hospital staff feel that they um, need to be hospitalized and the 5150 essentially takes their rights away from them because they are a danger to themselves or the community. Dang. Yeah, it's pretty intense, okay. can be very intense, um, but the code for youth, it's like kind of the same thing, but code for youth is uh, 5585. So the way that uh, uh, our facility works is... Um, if a kid is put onto a 5585, um, they come to our clinic to be assessed. And um, in that process, we're able to kind of determine whether like, yeah, actually this was a pretty serious crisis and we might need to send them on to a psychiatric hospital where they'll be for like two weeks-ish, maybe a little bit less. Um, or if we kind of find out like, uh, this was kind of a fluke, you know. Um, Can you give us some examples of both? Like how do you, totally, how do you suss totally. out a fluke? Like what is a fluke? Um, I would say like a fluke type of situation would be, um, let's just say like a 12 year old, uh, is, uh, having a screaming match with his mom and mom takes the cell phone away and he locks himself in his room and says like, I just want to die or something like that. Something somewhat like ambiguous, or even it could even be so far as like, I want to kill myself, something like that. Um, but then they come to us. So, and in that instance, mother calls, you know, police, 911 or whatever. Yeah, freaking out. Yes. And police aren't really like equipped to like determine mental health type of deals. Uh, so they will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty apparent. Right. So uh, they will refer to us and then um, the kid will like talk to the clinician and the nurse. And if they're kind of like, yeah, I didn't mean it. I don't know. I, I just said it. I just it. wanted my cell phone yeah, back. Yeah, I just wanted my cell phone <laughs> back. Or like I was just really worked up and right. like upset in the moment. Right, exactly. But yeah. I, yeah, I haven't thought about this before. Right, totally. Exactly, exactly. So um, in that case, we'd be like, all right, this is, you know, I think he's all right. Um, and then we end up 
planning like a discharge meeting and the kid can go home. Um, so is there is there any other is there any follow up ever with that child or is it kind of like mm. I'm just curious like no yeah because sometimes it could just be a kid being dramatic I don't know it's just like yeah. because that's also a behavioral issue though yes you know what I mean totally totally oh gosh this stuff like runs so deep and you guys make so many good points that I like want to speak on um it's kind of tough um we don't get a whole lot of follow-up because yeah, of we are a 24-hour yeah unit. it's like um the next thing is always coming and it's like totally yeah totally but we do get a lot of like repeat kids so kids who um these things come up again and they end up back in the same place and sometimes you know they kind of learn that this is like an appropriate path to take uh because you know they feel like they just want to get out of the house I, or, like, yeah I was just gonna say parents. so yeah. is this and you you mentioned a lot about like fostering group children is that mm-hmm. the highest rate that we're seeing these kids come in not not necessarily people from yes like, absolutely absolutely uh without question um we see a huge amount of kids from group homes and um yeah like you were saying uh a lot of this is can be like behavioral so um it could be kid smashes a window and is like holding a piece of glass and whatever (laughs) threatening somebody go ahead what okay so can we talk about i mean i know you can't like name specific names Mm -hmm. but like what is the most severe case you've seen come through Brutal. I'm, I'm not no, ready no, no. for it's, it. I, there's well, it's just, I think we need to look at it. No, in the yeah, eye. Like, of course. Like, what what happens. is actually like right. going on in yeah. our yeah. right? So because the range is like so huge, there's kind of there's kids we've had that have been um, so behavioral, or you know, they're struggling so much with like the medications that they're on that they virtually enter a psychotic break. And um, you know, we've had kids like smash TVs and and throw things and break so they just like go hulk they go full hulk oh my god and these kids are so strong too holy shit they are like but are they harming themselves um they can sometimes they do uh for the most part in that type of situation it's more directed like outwards i was gonna say okay so Mm -hmm. so you're not dealing with like physical harm to themselves um we deal with it all okay we do deal with both but we are um trained the the training process for the job that i do is like really extensive and uh, it's like uh, like two months or something like that and um we are trained how to do physical holds um according to how we call it a himsa standard so basically like how to do a physical hold without um any real risk of injury to the kid because as we know from some cases like with police doing certain mm-hmm. like prone holds can actually like cause people to suffocate. So it's really important. That we do, do you that see correctly. what is the age range of like, I guess kids that you're seeing and is it uh, one gender over the other? The age range. So, uh, so the facility I work at, I have to also say this too, the facility yeah. I work at is split into two. So it is um, like the crisis stabilization unit, which is supposed to be 24 hours, and then we can turn the kids around or send them on. Um, and then the other side of the facility is uh, a short-term residential facility. Um, so they can be there for like up to a month. Um, and I'm sorry, you, can you repeat the question? Yeah, no, I'm kind of curious about the demographics. Oh, yeah, yeah, the demographics. If, like, if, do you see a certain age range of kids coming in and do you see, is it gender specific by any means? Yeah. Um, so on this, the crisis unit side, um, we serve ages six to 17. 
the vast majority are adolescents. I would say like 13 to 17. Yeah. That time period sucks. Yeah. Time period sucks. (laughs) We have had a couple like younger, younger ones. It definitely sucks if you're in foster care to be, you know, Mm, oh my God. Rough. Very rough. Um, but then on the, uh, short term residential side, um, we serve ages 12 to 17 and I would say we definitely get more girls on that side. Um, and I think the reason for that is, um, that program is meant to serve, um, kids who are like experiencing anxiety and depression and are having a hard time, uh, in the home, uh, dealing with these types of things. But we try not to focus on like rehabilitating kids with, extreme behavioral issues. Um, so a lot of times that's, that's girls who have, you know, like self-esteem issues. Um, yeah. Their bodies are depression, changing. They're right. getting their, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, not, I, I don't want to sound like <laughs> sexist in any way, but like m- most of the time girls aren't the type to kind of like lash out around their emotions. Yeah. And that's totally just being socialized, you know, um, to be that way. But but yeah, we we tend to serve youth who are more like internalized depression on that side of the facility. So I would say we get more girls over there. Um, do you see yourself continuing in this career? Like, is this like your passion? Um, like, how do you see yourself like advancing or changing within this field? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it it's such a a fascinating field. Um, and t- truthfully, like we don't know a whole lot about the brain. Like we don't know much. Yeah. You you guys are just trying your best out there. We're shooting in the dark a lot of the time. Yeah. So, um, I've been really interested in like neuroscience, which I don't think I would pursue like a PhD in neuroscience or anything. That's insane. But like, um, I, you know, I really love psychology. I would love to go back to school, but, but in the position I work at, you can't really like advance up the ranks unless you go back to school. Right. I was going to say there has to be some Mm -hmm. sort of cap like in that field. Yeah, definitely. There's probably like a lot of administration work that Mm -hmm. you can do in that field without getting a, an intense degree. And then like the counseling with some training. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can kind of move like more laterally as well. There's a lot of, there's a lot of other positions, um, even within the company that I work for that, um, I could occupy with just a bachelor's degree, um, certain like jobs in classrooms and stuff like that. But yeah, if I wanted to become like a, a therapist, a registered yeah. therapist, yeah, that's something I'd have to go back to school for. Have you ever gotten um, attached to like one of the children that was in the like oh short my term? God. Every time. It's so horrible. Are you like allowed to keep contact with them once they leave? Or is it kind of like once they leave, like you have to cut ties unless they yeah, we pretty much have to cut ties. We can't, you know. So, what does a normal day look for you? Like, uh, are you counseling? Are you are you check like? Yeah, t- talk to me. Um, you, you, <laughs> you clock in and then what? Yeah. So, um, so I work uh, twelve hour shifts, um, seven a.m. Okay. to seven p.m. Yikes. Okay. How often do you do that? Uh, three days a week. All right. I'm loving this schedule. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice. But then we also have one on call day where we're on call for 24 hours. So you get called in at any time for any reason. Every single week? Every single week. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's a little different, of course, on both sides of the facility. On the crisis unit side, the 24 hour side, we are basically working off the cuff and a lot of it. Oh, thank you. Sorry. A lot of it is, um, like 
keep this kid distracted and entertained so they don't like throw a table <laughs> or something <laughs> like, like that. so let's play yeah, jenga totally yeah we have jenga oh my gosh kids love jenga um and then on the other side um because that's like a short term kids can be there for a month we actually um teach groups like uh, it it's dialectical behavioral therapy dbt um is the style of therapy that we do and we teach certain groups throughout the day it's very structured to help the kids kind of like learn skills that they can use in their own personal environment that will um allow them to deal with these types of situations as they come up um rather than you know going what into are a some, crisis what are some some tactics mm. yeah so you have like a young person Mm -hmm. and they're having a fit or they're getting extremely anxious. Mm -hmm. Somehow they end up at your facility. Right. The next time those feelings come on, like how do yeah, exactly what Melissa said. Like what, what do you teach them or how, like, yeah, Uh, um, I I need some help. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, we, we do, um, case by case, like focus on certain skills that we think the kids might need. Um, but there's uh, a lot of different uh, like areas that we teach in. So um, if the kid, let's say uh, the the big issue is their relationship with their parents, guardians, foster parents, um, even like uh, relationships, like their romantic relationships that we find might be kind of problematic. We will um, focus on like interpersonal effectiveness Um and then uh so like communication yeah so like communication um recognizing when somebody's trying to manipulate you getting uh being able to to compromise for things that you know you want that type of thing um which some kids really really struggle with (laughs) yeah i i still struggle with communication quite frequently i have a communication degree and i think it saved my life i'm not even kidding (laughs) really yeah Yeah. i I swear to god yeah definitely yeah people People definitely struggle with communication a lot, especially um, kids, you know, that are raised in like a home where the parents never really learned how to communicate their emotions. Right. And do you uh, think that technology has had an effect on the increase in like depression and anxiety lashing out? Like, do you guys have to do you talk about social media and the effect on these children and like how like are they allowed to have cell phones in their sh- in the short <laughs> no. term? Um, so yes, absolutely. 100%. I do believe that technology has had a huge effect on, um, kind of the state of mental health for youth and Mm -hmm. just young people in general. Um, but, uh, I really do wish we, we could, we had the means to kind of like focus on specific aspects of social media. I think we just like, haven't really like gotten there or adjusted to that quite yet so like it just happened so fast yeah so in like a lot of the curriculum books that we have I almost find that some of them are like a little outdated they're like oh like you might be being cyber bullied via email (laughs) it's like kids aren't emailing each other it's way past that right now (laughs) but hey uh, that's savage though email gangsters email gangster i'm about to start sending emails. yeah i get i get get email bullied sometimes i'm an email gangster Mm. (laughs) totally totally you know um so but no they are definitely not allowed to have uh their cell phones on them um and that causes them a lot of stress sometimes and oh yeah i bet Mm. well i think so and this is more of my personal opinion obviously um i think that yes uh technology uh it's Instagram can really have like a profound 
take a profound toll on your mental health. Um, just seeing other. Did you say Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Instagram. Um, and then any other like. Medium well, it fucks with my mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel it. I feel it. Totally. I can see it. I hear. I feel oh, it in my tough. body. It's, it's super tough. Um, but then it we all still me have a lot it, of anxiety. You know. Yeah. But um, and then also so so that can you know cause a lot of problems. But um, <laughs> we get a lot of kids who uh go into crisis because their parents have taken away their technology. Um, and somebody from the outside might say like, oh, that's like just kids being bratty or whatever. And now they're saying like, I'm going to kill myself because I don't have my cell phone. And it sounds, it sounds bad. It sounds dramatic. It sounds dramatic. But for a lot of these kids, like their technology is their only connection with the world outside of their home. And especially for kids in foster care. It's like, oh my gosh, they yes. have to rely on the people they trust. Yes which may be on their, the only way they can communicate with mm-hmm. them in their home setting is on their phone. Yes. And those are the people they trust and rely on Super because they don't trust and rely on the foster system mm-hmm. or their parents. Maybe mm-hmm. they've been moved around. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you take their only way to feel safe. Right. Some, I mean, honestly, yeah. like that's what it comes down to. Yeah, definitely. And then you're young and you Do don't know how ac- to manage anger. Uh-huh. Totally. So. Do they have access to the internet though? Like, do you have a computer lab? Yeah, uh, actually. <laughs> so love a computer uh, lab. So, um, I, you know, I adore my company because of this. They really, um, they have really great amenities for the kids. Um, it's unlike a psychiatric uh, hospital in that um, we we have like a really low staff to youth ratio so um, it's essentially um, it's one to one on our short-term residential Dang. yeah so so Talk basically labor costs yeah well I mean <laughs> you're saying that's low though or yeah like well low, meaning low ratio one. yeah whereas it's not like it's, it's one staff like member one staff for, 10 for one kid. yeah right yeah so, so is the so other like are one. other places less uh, or the ratio higher. is higher? Higher, yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Math. Sorry, guys. Good, well, ahead. I was like low. I was like I, d- I, I low. That wrong. Uh, yeah. Low ratio, high labor right. cost. No, I get. I'm not talking <laughs> totally. about labor cost here, Melissa. You're the only one who cares about the labor. That's not the issue. No, I had. it's totally well. It's significant because um, the <laughs> you had to run a business. Still, they could go right. out of business if they right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, is it is it county or government? What it's is, county. Yeah. Oh, so it's they're county. not going to okay. Run. Never mind. Yeah, but Ta- tax dollars, baby. It's well. No, I'm I mean, just kidding. I don't know how they get paid. It, no, it's totally worth. It's totally worth noting because um, the field itself, there's just such a high turnover rate. Yeah. Um, it is hard to train employees and expect them to stay on you know so it's uh and then to have enough employees um and then to have like such a low ratio like that where you know you're having one staff member to each kid um and so Wild. you know yeah you're like working with one kid <laughs> throughout so the you've uh, you've worked there for three years yes so are you like an og now like are yeah you, well like- i was uh I was one of the very, very first. Oh, um, I love that. Because they, I got yeah, there right, right as they were that's establishing. Right. So they were a startup, but the company's been around for like 80 years. So, um, so yeah, it kind of took off. They, I think it was a little like unsure in the beginning, like how this is going to work, but um, it's ended up being a really good resource for the county. So can I, do, do you personally struggle with mental health? Like, um, is it a personal thing for you too? Like, it, does that? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That totally played into it. Um, just kind of, 
I think especially my experience as like a teenager and an adolescent, um, knowing that something was wrong and not really understanding how to deal with it. Um, do you mind, um, yeah, expanding on that? Yeah. Uh, I, I really struggled with, I knew that I struggled with depression, uh, in high school. Um, and I feel like it even could have gone back as far as middle school. Um, but as a like child growing up, I, God, if somebody had told me, like if I had described my symptoms to someone and they had told me you have anxiety, that would have cleared so many things up because I did not know what my anxiety was for so long, probably until I was like in college. I just thought like something was wrong with me. I had no idea like, <laughs> like what was Yeah, you just kind it. of wanted some like reassurance yeah. that you weren't. Yeah. And, um, you know, parents, like my parents, bless their souls. They're absolutely wonderful people. But I think a lot of times, you know, like moms and dads don't really want to acknowledge that there might be something wrong with their kids. So they're, um, it's really yeah. hard for them to so, understand. So how did that play out in your life though? Were you like rebellious or, or <laughs> like, how did, how did that play out? Um, so I would say my depression, uh, very much is like kind of like an up and down type of thing. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. So linear. Right. Uh, so it kind of would like, it would waver. Um, it never got to the point where like, I felt like I was struggling, uh, in school or in work because my anxiety is too bad for that. So I can't You're like, fail. I have to do everything. I, I have to be perfect. Fail, yeah. <laughs> well, clearly I was like, something's going on with her because she yeah. graduated in three years. So I was like, oh, <laughs> like, she's like, not terrible nonstop. Anxiety. She was up till 5am yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, right, right. right. But, um, actually, uh, I would say art b- having creative outlets, um, has been absolutely the best therapy for me. Um, sometimes it can feed into depression. Sometimes it can make it worse, but like, yeah, yeah, but (laughs) really that's kind of been my saving grace. Yeah. And so you had a foster sister. Mm -hmm. At what age did you get your foster sister and how old was she? Um, so she was, uh, my best friend growing up. Yeah. It's okay. It's kind of like a whole crazy wild story, but, um, she's my best friend growing up. Um, and (sighs) she had been through a lot by the time I had met her. Um, but then, uh, things sort of started to continue to go downhill for her. Um, the foster home that she was in, um, you know, there were like signs of abuse. And so she was taken out of that and then, um, kind of shipped around. Uh, yeah, she ended up finding like her biological family and then having to leave that situation as well. And I think we must've been 15. I hadn't talked to her for like a year we must have been 15 and she uh called me from a random number I almost didn't pick up and she's like hey look I'm on a greyhound shit just hit the fan like can I crash at your place for like a night and my mom was like oh absolutely not she's living with us what the hell like she's not gonna crash here for a night so can I'm you a 15 year old on a greyhound right by herself like, I'm like crying my mom your family hand, is amazing dude. oh dude she- she it was incredible she my mom like worked so hard she uh she helped open so many doors that um my foster sister was able to uh go to her first year of college um with like a full scholarship Mm. so like for her first year um amazing yeah really 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 amazing um and you know the thing is um 
as beautiful as that I think experience was to witness, um, still growing up, I did recognize certain things that I think uh, my parents didn't recognize yeah. in her. Right. So yeah. certain things like um, like trauma that um, needed to be dealt with immediately and over a long period of time. Whereas I think my parents almost thought like, well, if we just kind of raise her the same she's way we here raised now. our kids. She's yeah. here right. now. She's here now. We can, we yeah. can push this it's through. Not about if she healing. gets to college, you know, everything's going to be fine and she's going to like be able to take off and be on her own feet. And yeah. the reality of trauma is that uh, you have to deal with it for like a really long time. You have to go to therapy for a really long time. And yeah. um, it doesn't always completely go away. Where does so. your foster sister live? Right yeah, now. I'm sorry. You know, we don't have to go into her personal life. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gonna, let's keep. It's, okay. It's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty pretty rough story. Okay. Yeah, and as far as that goes, she yeah. might not want it shared. No, so yeah. let's keep her. Uh, let's keep her safe. Um. So, if you could go back, would you just tell your parents like, "Hey, we need to like"? Were you dealing with stuff too? Like, uh, well, I mean, yeah, you had to. I mean, then now yeah. you're 15, and now your best friend who has a lot of trauma just moved in. I mean, that's also a lot. Yes, I but I was dealing with things in like a very different way. And the thing about my foster sister is um, her her trauma didn't uh, wasn't it didn't present itself, I Mm -hmm. think, in the way that like a lot of people people or or, yeah, or, you know, kids, you know, um, express their trauma. Um, She was always just this like sunshiny happy bubbly person um she would she could always like find something fun or funny about the situation she's just absolutely like the sweetest everybody adored her um and so I think it kind of was hard for my parents to like be able to see it to see it um but I don't know. I think I'm a Pisces, so I don't know. I can like <laughs> oh, I can hello. definitely feel that. Let's so. do it. <laughs> so um, how do you feel? I'm gonna totally switch subjects no, here. Yeah. How do you feel about medication for children suffering with mm. depression and anxiety? Mm-hmm. And like um, maybe behavioral like issues, like ADD totally. and totally. all that. Yeah, your personal opinions. Yes. Uh, so it is quite a controversial um topic oh yeah we like to talk about all the controversial oh, yeah. Yeah. we <laughs> totally. sure do totally. and we love yeah. to spew nonsense that we, we don't know what we're talking about oh you know we what? don't you do <laughs> melissa and i well you know even i like have a hard time you yeah know, knowing what i and, and what yeah I and it's right important around. to remember that like mm-hmm. we have opinions and that's what they are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think well a lot of my opinions are also just uh influenced by like the psychiatrist that we work with at work um because i i really really admire the psychiatrists that we have at our company they're absolutely incredible doctors um and so uh my opinion about uh like medicating children i do think that there is um like an age sort of threshold where they are too young to be prescribed anything i think there's a there's an age where they're too young to be diagnosed with anything um and sometimes you know we come across a kid who is 12 Mm -hmm. you know in a group home situation so they don't have like a parent kind of breathing down the doctor's neck so um they will be over medicated and diagnosed with something like bipolar at the age of 12 which is kind of unheard of you can't yeah you can't like really find those 
it's you, possible, you but it's not that for you. Sure, yes. they could have gotten yes. it right, but it's like but a it's shot like, in the uh, dark. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or kids who are diagnosed with like schizophrenia, and it's like, okay, where, <laughs> where is this coming I'm from? I'm sure, yeah. like, and just thinking about this question, like, with kids who are truly like a harm to themselves and to the community, like, mm-hmm. you have to use your resources, and sometimes mm-hmm. that turns to medication, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, there's definitely cases where it's probably like, you th- there's no real choice. There's no real choice. Oh, you know I, what I'm saying? You had been asking uh, Melissa about um, like what the most severe kind of case was that mm-hmm. we've ever had. Um, and I can speak, I think, generally about it. I can't give any yeah. specifics. But um, right. So they're, depending on like severity, um, we had a youth um, for a really actually uh, an extended amount of time, more than a month um, that we were working with who was recovering from grave disability. Um, and can you explain that? Yes. So, um, so the way a 5585 works is the kid will be placed on a hold, um, based on whether they are a danger to themselves, a danger to the community or gravely disabled. Um, and in this particular case, um, we had a youth who had been catatonic for like an extended period of time, um, could not eat, could not sleep, uh, would not speak um use the toilet that type of thing it was um <laughs> it was a really difficult complicated situation um couldn't like, or wouldn't uh wouldn't well, okay but also mentally he, couldn't right yeah. so okay. i mean when i say catatonic that seemed like, like not an yeah. easy answer sorry it, yeah. no it's okay it, it truly like i never thought that i would ever witness something like that um it was tr- it was like an incredible thing to see and watch Mm-hmm. Um, but so it, we don't know if that like was because of a head injury. It's kind of ambiguous. We don't really know, but, um, he was recovering by the time he had got to us. So he was like partially catatonic is the way I describe it. So he would mm-hmm. come out of it sometimes and then he would go back into it. Um, and in that case, um, he had, this had been kind of like a, um, over a long time for him. So, um, he would go catatonic, he would get prescribed medications and Mm -hmm. then for whatever reason he would stop taking the medications or his parents like wouldn't give them the medications and he would go back into catatonia. And, um, when he was with us, we, uh, the doctor prescribed him certain medications and just to see kind of like what his baseline might be without them. He said, okay, for this week, we're we're going to remove all of the medications take him back down to to the base level and see what happens and it, almost within a like a day he was like reversing his progress and so yeah like medications like, psychiatric medications can absolutely be life-saving totally life-saving not just pulling you out of depression like they yeah. are extremely necessary for a lot of instances I think that's good to know. Yeah, it is. Because I think so many people are like, oh, my God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, our first thought is just like, why would you do that? Right. And And of course, if you can keep people off medications or if you think they can recover through other methods, like, I'm sure Mm -hmm. that's something that and I I, I don't think any doctors just like our psychologists. Yeah, I appreciate like the fact that they were like working. They. I love, I already love this place too, because it's like, what it sounds like is like, they want to truly like leave them with the best possible situation. The best possible situation for people is to not be on medication. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, like, you know, like to live without medication would be great for a lot of people, you know, like if you can. And so their thought was like, okay, well let's take them down and see Mm -hmm. like what, 
let's get let's see what he needs minimally like like yeah. how minimal can we be i guess totally which i appreciate no, yeah absolutely it is definitely it is definitely how minimal can we be we don't want and have kids, success right yeah. yeah you don't want to have kids on certain medications that they absolutely depend on for their entire lives right um and don't know how to live without them right right if if they don't truly yeah absolutely need them because yes. at a certain point you do need them but right. that's because of the, right. the longitude of yeah. taking a medicine yeah and we also have to take into account like the kids age and uh personality you know like right. you don't want to medicate for just like quirks yeah. <laughs> in their personality. Like, you're just kind of a little kid, weirdo you know? you're just yeah. kind of an asshole <laughs> pretty much <laughs> good luck so, yeah. yeah um so i kind of have to start wrapping it up of course but um what is like one takeaway that you want our listeners to know about like mental health especially in like youth and like how can yeah. we as a community better uh, support you know yeah well I think um, of course it does start with youth um, so being able to have like proper mental health care for youth um, will set them up for their adulthood um, a lot of times people deal with mental health issues into their adulthood so um, having resources where they um, can figure out like the skills um to deal with certain things um can we like donate to to your i mean i don't know you're not a non-profit <laughs> uh we are a non-profit oh you are yeah okay. we are but i don't think we take donations okay necessarily but um well i think it's important too to remember that if you see signs that are concerning to explore them and that yes that yes. you're not a bad parent you're not a bad mm -hmm. foster parent you're not a bad if you take if you have to take your child to get mental health like you mm -hmm. have not failed as a parent because you need to go and and s explore these tendencies totally. or something you know what i mean like totally. you've not failed yeah. you're winning by taking that you have so much power in that decision in this person's life forever yeah yeah i think absolutely you're correct i think um a huge part of uh like improving the situation is being able to recognize and identify um like what you were saying like if maybe if you yeah. had some if your parents could have seen it totally totally or wanted to see it yeah <laughs> yeah i think they're working with teachers to to be more like aware cognizant of these point. types of things um so that really helps a lot of situations come up in school so it's helpful for that i, I will um, say too what's nice about what's going on right now is like the mental health conversation seems to be on the surface. Yes. It's much more open. It's much more open. It's like we, yeah. I mean like I go to therapy, like I'm so, o everyone's so open about mm -hmm. that. And it's like, yeah. we're trying to take away the negativity around it uh -huh. because I think too, we realize like a lot of this stuff is out of our control. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, seeking to be, have help to live a good life is not a bad, like it's so yeah. funny. Like yeah. if you need help, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. We live absolutely. in a fucking weird ass world. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. If I were to leave off on any note, it would be like, do not be afraid to ask for help. Um, go to therapy. Go to therapy. <laughs> everybody needs to go to I therapy. I love my therapist. Um, <laughs> everybody needs, especially men, go to therapy, men. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. that the, Honestly. Mach the, uh, the machoism <laughs> of that situation needs to be done. 
Well, thank right. you so much. Yeah, of you course. were thank so you. lovely, yeah, so intelligent. And we didn't talk about your art enough. You're just oh, uh, thank dude. You. What's your no. insta- it's female go- the female gothic? Yes, the yeah. Female oh gothic. my god. My <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> like I miss her art too recently. I'm just upset. I just oh, there will be plenty more. I'm sure. <laughs> insanely talented. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing person. Thank you oh, so much god, for being on the show. Stop. We Thanks. appreciate you. And go see a therapist. Yeah, and go, go see your fucking therapist, you guys. Psychiatric today will hook you up with the fucking healthcare you have you could yeah. find someone near you that is accepting new patients <laughs> totally fix your issues uh, <laughs> all right Alrighty. thank you bye bye, bye.